Welcome to the Stuttgart Missional Community Church Sermon Podcast. SMCC is a multicultural church serving the English-speaking community in Stuttgart, Germany. For more information or to contact us, visit us on the web at smcchurch.net. That's smcchurch.net. We talked about what, kids, do you remember? What did we talk about? Jesus. We did talk about Jesus, but we talked about worship. We talked about what is worship. Do you remember what is worship? You think you know, Miss Kendall? What is worship? Yes, it is celebrating the greatness of God. Awesome. So the great thing, like when I read that, I was like, oh, it kind of, it kind of hit me in the gut. Because when I worship sometimes, like during worship, during worship, when I worship sometimes, I don't always like give it my all. Instead, I'm like, not really feeling it today. And then my mind's like, I wonder what I'm going to have for lunch. And my mind just goes. And so when I read this and it was like celebrating the greatness of God, I was like, oh, I don't always do that. Like, and it really just made me think, okay, I'm going to be better and more focused when we have worship time to be fully engaged so that I can focus on the greatness of God. Because it's not about me during that time, right? Who's it about? Who? God, exactly. So last week we, we had a story about the Israelites. And did they, did they worship correctly? Did they celebrate the greatness of God in last week's story? No, they didn't. In fact, they worshipped someone, or I should say something else. What did they worship? Rachel. A golden calf. Right, so they threw this gold into this fire, and Aaron, remember, silly Aaron's like, it just popped out a calf. What? And he's, that's not really what happened, but that was his excuse, like, it just popped out of the fire, so we've got to worship it. Silly. Could this gold calf do anything for them? No. No. Who's the one that can do stuff for us and that we can worship and he hears our prayers? Who is this? God. God. All right. So ultimately, do you think the Israelites got in a little bit of trouble? Right? Because like any good parent, when you do something wrong, you typically get disciplined, right? Who in here likes being disciplined? You like being disciplined? That's the flight family. That was you. She said she likes being disciplined. I never, I never really enjoyed it. But that had to happen. All right, so today we pick up shortly after this had taken place. And we're going to be in Exodus 35 through 40. And in kids' ministry, we start with a video. So that's what we're going to watch is this quick video that gives us a glimpse into today's story. So here we go.
All right, so that's our story. We're done for the day. Just kidding. All right, so here we have, we have Moses, and he's being told by God to build a what? A tabernacle so that he could come and dwell among them. He wanted to be with his people. And I think the cool thing is, is he didn't say, hey, build this tabernacle on the edge of the city. Like, that way you don't have to see it. It's out of the way. It's not an inconvenience. But he said to build it in the middle. Like, he wanted to be seen. He wanted to be remembered. And he wanted every time those people came in and out, what did they see? Tabernacle. And I think it's really cool, and just shows God's grace and mercy, is these are the same people who just several chapters earlier, they were complaining. They were complaining about God and, oh, we should just die. Why are we here? We should have left us in Egypt. Like, this is terrible. And so they had been complaining. They had grumbled towards God. They had just built an idol. And God's saying, hey, I still want to be with you. Like, if that was me. Guys, I'm a very honest person. If you don't know me yet, you will know me by the end of the sermon. I'm very honest. And I don't think I could be like God in this. Like, when I'm around somebody that's constantly complaining or grumbling, especially, like, towards me, guess what? I don't want to be around them. Like, does anybody really, truly love to be around people that are like, you're no good at your job. You are the absolute worst. Oh, my goodness, did you hear the latest? Like, does anybody enjoy that? No. In fact, we're like, I'm going to run the opposite way because I can't take this. That's not what God did. God's like, hey, guess what? I still love you a lot, and I want to be right in the middle of your life. That's a lot of grace and mercy. So we start off in Exodus 35. And Moses, he starts by asking for an offering to build the tabernacle. Anybody have like a... uh, campaign, capital campaign type thing for like a building project. Been a part of those. They're great. They're not. So everyone whose heart was willing brought precious metals, these amazing fabrics, precious stones, all these resources so that they could build this tabernacle and furnish it. And they kept giving. So in Exodus 36, 2 through 7, says, And Moses called Bezalel, that's going to be like popular baby name of 2019, I can feel it, called Bezalel and Oholiab, and every craftsman in whose mind the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him up to come do the work. And they received from Moses all the contributions that the people of Israel had brought for doing the work on the sanctuary. They still kept bringing him free will offerings. Everybody say free will. Free will will offerings. So that means they were forced? Is that what that means? No, they weren't. They brought free will offerings every morning so that all the craftsmen who were doing every sort of task on the sanctuary came, each from their task, from what they were doing, and said to Moses, the people are bringing so much stuff, like more than what we need. That's a good problem. That's a good problem to have. So Moses gave the command, and the word was proclaimed throughout the camp, let no man or woman do anything more for the contribution for the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing, for the material they had was sufficient to do all the work and more. That's pretty awesome. Like, that's a great part of scripture right there. So were the Israelites, were they wealthy people by nature? Like, were these people that had been known for hundreds of years of being like, really, really rich. 
where did they get all this stuff to build this tabernacle? Where did they get it? I see hands. From the Egyptians. That's right. So we remember our stories. It's been a couple weeks now. But when they were leaving Egypt, the Egyptians were like, you leave, take our stuff. And they gave them gold and these precious stones and all this amazing material, like everything they needed. And they took it. And so here you have these people that have been used to having nothing. And they've grown up their whole lives. They've been slaves. And now they have more than enough. They have all this gold, all these precious stones, everything. And you would think, because, again, I'm honest, and if this were me, I would be like, um, you can't have my stuff. Like, do you know what my life was like? I had nothing. You can't have this stuff. But is that how the Israelites were? Did they say, oh, God, I, that's great that you want to build their tabernacle, but um, you're going to have to find some other people to give? Because, you see, we've been in slavery for like 400 years, and life is good. Like, don't take this away from me. That's not what they did. They gave everything, and they didn't complain about it. They weren't like, fine, God, here's my stuff. Like, they gave, and they gave more than was enough. Again, they didn't say, oh, I've seen the blueprints, and this is all the material you're going to need, so make it last. And if you run out, like, figure it out. They didn't do that either. Instead, they're like, have all our stuff. To the point they're like, hey, quit giving us your things. Like, we can't take it anymore. And I just think that's amazing. Because if we were to look at the church today, do we do that? What? What would our church look like? Church as a whole. I'm not just saying SMCC. I'm saying the church as a whole. If we went and we said, hey, here's everything I have. Take it. Do what you need to. I think a lot more people would, would come to the kingdom of God, don't you think? More needs would be met. More people would see, actually see the hands and feet of God. Like, it's just amazing. And they did this because God had stirred their hearts. Because without God's grace and without his mercy, the way that we naturally are, it is that, this is mine. Don't take this from me. I just got this. It's like getting Christmas presents. And what is the thing that you wanted most for Christmas? Somebody tell me, what is something you wanted absolutely most? Emma Grace, tell me, what did you want? A what? An iPhone. So say you get this. You get this iPhone, and you're like, this is the best thing ever. And then they're like, hey, we actually need that. Like, there's somebody that, that could really use that for, like, the kingdom of Jesus. Like, can I have that? You naturally are like, no, this is mine. Like, you can have my old flip phone. Like, we don't, we don't naturally be like, yeah, here's my, my greatest thing. Take it. But God had stirred their hearts. And they had seen how God had time and time again gone above and beyond for them. Because just like I said earlier, these people, they complained. And I probably would have wiped them out and be like, let's start again. Y'all's a bad seed. We're just going to start again. It's going to be better next time. But that's not what God did. And so through that, these Israelites are seeing, okay, he, he keeps giving more. He keeps pouring out when he doesn't have to. But he does. So did God actually need the people to build the tabernacle? Was God up here and he's like, 
I have this amazing plan, but guess what? I can't do it without you. I need your stuff. Did God need them? No. God created everything. All of the stuff that they already had, that all came from God. God had ultimately created it. But the cool thing is he was inviting them to be a part of this work, to give freely and to do it with joy. That's a key word there. Like, you can give your stuff, but if you don't do it with joy, it's kind of worthless. But he did it so that he could have that relationship, that bond. So here, I want you to imagine something. Um, I need a parent. A parent. Well, Gabe, you're kind of on the inside, but could I have you and Dawson come up here? Y'all, I just need you to stand. I won't make you do a funky dance or anything like that. All right, so here's the thing. So imagine that you're going to teach Dawson to, to change a tire. You're like, hey, come and help change a tire with me. Now, does Gabe need Dawson's help? Is he like, Dawson, I can't do this without you. You have all the knowledge to change this tire. Yes. Not necessarily like, hopefully Gabe has that knowledge, and he doesn't have to be like, hey, Dawson, how do I do this? So doesn't really need him. But what about the strength? Does he need Dawson's muscles? Can we see your muscles? See your muscles. (laughs) Does he, ultimately, does he need his strength to change the tire? He's like, oh, my, I don't have as many muscles as you. I really need you to, like, is it the jack? Pump up the jack? I don't even know how to change a tire, guys. Obviously, my dad didn't do this with me. But does he ultimately need the help? Of Dawson? No. No, But he asks because he wants to build that relationship. He wants to have that bonding time. Say, hey, I I poured into you. I taught you. I instilled in you things that you were going to need to know later on. So that's the same thing God does. Thank you. You guys can have a seat. Thank you, guys. Everybody give them a hand clap. Thank you. So that's what God does. He doesn't need our help. But it's also that he could have relationship. He can have those bonding moments with us. So now we have everything that we need to start building. And did they just come up with this plan? Like, hey, have this vision. This tabernacle is going to be like this long rectangle. And I think it's going to have some rooms in it. But I have a vision. And we'll just make it up as we go from there. Is that? Did they do that? No, they had specific instructions on how to build it. God gave them, like, okay, you need this much material, this much material, this much goat hair. Like, all the things, God laid it out for them. And then it was through their obedience that they were able to build the wall. So we're going to do a demonstration because I love, like, hands-on type stuff and visuals. I think it makes it stick a little more. So I'm going to give this to Jordan to do the demonstration. Okay. Who wants to earn some points? That was sad. Does nobody want points? Okay, okay, okay. I need just one volunteer. And since we've been picking a lot of that side, I'll pick on this side. Let me get a D. Liam, you already worked. You already did something. Eli, come here, man. Come here, Eli. I'm going to need you to draw me something. Okay, are you a good artist? Okay, well, you're going to have to draw your own face. I'm just kidding. Can everyone see? 
Okay, all right. This is what I want you to do. I'll move over here. Grab that marker, pop the top off, and I'm going to give you instructions, and you're going to draw what I tell you to draw. Are you ready? Ready? Okay, so first off, I want you to draw a square. Nailed it. Well, that's, that was great. Great job. Yes, encourage him. Now I want you to draw a triangle on top of that square. However big you want, man. You can make tiny, you can be big. That's great. I love that. Now I want you to draw a rectangle inside the square. Oh, yeah. That's looking good. That's looking great. Okay, now I need you to draw two squares inside the larger square. Yeah, look like a 1980s robot. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> now I need you to draw a circle inside the rectangle. Okay, what did you just draw? No idea? Right, that's a house. That's what's supposed to be a house. So now, let's flip this. I'm going to give you the same instructions, and you're going to draw it again. Okay, but now you know what you're drawing. Are you ready? Draw a square. That looks even better than the last one. Great job. Draw a triangle on top of that square. Oh, it's a little bit bigger. I like it. Now I want you to draw a rectangle inside the square. What could the rectangle be? Oh, man, that's great. Now draw two squares inside the larger square. Great. Now draw a circle inside the rectangle. Boom, and that's a house, ladies and gentlemen. Great job. Thank you so much. I'll give you a point. <laughs> Drop the marker. <laughs> Great job. All right, you can sit down now. Now the reason we did that is because it's usually easier to follow directions if you understand the, the goal of the whole procedure. Right? So knowing that God told his people precisely how to follow the directions, how to build a tabernacle with intimate details, probably made it more um, impactful in their life. They know what they're building. They know why they're building. They see the purpose behind it because God is going to dwell among them. Because doing something's great, but knowing why you're doing it makes it so much better. Amen? Does that make sense? Yes? All right. Pastor Shea is going to continue with the lesson. Okay. Good job. Well done. I was kind of afraid that you were going to make the house at first, so that was great that you made, like, Wally the robot. That was awesome. All right, so it, it goes to show that plans help. Obedience helps. If Eli was like, hey, I'd rather not draw this here. I want to draw it somewhere else. It would have been a funky house. So it was a good thing that you obeyed and did the right things. And so that's where we come back into the story and the Israelites had done this. So in Exodus 39, 42 through 43, it says, According to all that the Lord had commanded Moses, so the people of Israel had done all the work. And Moses saw all the work, and behold, they had done it. What a miracle. They had done it. And they had done it just as the Lord had commanded. And then Moses blessed them. So God had told Moses in Exodus 31 that he had given Bezalel, remember, great name, and Oholiab, and the other artisans, these unique skills that were needed to plan and accomplish the work of the tabernacle according to God's standards. So in Exodus 36, 2, Moses summoned all these people to come and do the work, and they did so willingly. Like, there's a lot of, like, free will, 
willingly, like, are we, are we getting the theme here in this story? Like, they did it with a good heart. So the tabernacle's construction from start to finish was a work of God and from God. And I think the really cool thing here is it says that God had given Bezalel and Oholiab and all these other artisans these special skills. And the thing is, we can relate that to today. Every single one of us have skills that we can use for God. And if you're sitting there like, no, I've got nothing, like, come see me after service, we'll figure out what your skills are. I think it might be in kids' ministry, but I don't know. But, no. But all of us have these skills, and God wants us to use them, just like he wanted them to use theirs in order to build this tabernacle. That's what God is telling us. He doesn't want us just to come in and be like, oh, I go to church on Sunday. That's it. Like, he wants us to be a part of the body. And that's what this is all it's leading to is in order to have a body, we have to be different, right? Like if I was just a giant foot up here, I would look a little weird. I, w- I wouldn't even know what to wear because, like, that's just weird. <laughs> right? I would. Just one giant sock. But we have to be different, right? Because our body is made up of different things. And that's just like he's saying here is we all have these special skills. Maybe you're like, hey, I love to sing. Well, guess what? We love to worship, and we would love to have you. Maybe you're like, eh, I don't really like being in front of adults, but kids are cool. Hey, we got kids ministry too, from like babies on up, and you can come see me after service, and we can fix that. And then maybe you're like, I don't even really like people that much. Like, I love them because God told me to love them, but I'd rather not talk to anybody. We got stuff for you too. Like, there are behind-the-scenes stuff that's constantly happening at church. And then there might even be those few of you that are like, I love cleaning. Who in here loves to clean? Wow. Right? We, we should get a point on this side. Okay, so not a lot love cleaning. But guess what? Cleaning happens. And Chrissy, I'm coming after you after service because we got to clean this church. No. But there's so many things. That can be done in the body of Christ. It's not just Pastor Matt or Stacy. Like, I hope none of us are like, I can't, I can't talk to other people about Christ. Like, I I don't know what to say. I need Pastor Matt to do it for me. Like, I just had this vision the other day of somebody coming up and be like, Pastor Matt, there's this person at my work and he's a real meanie head and he needs the Lord, but I need you to come with me and tell him about Jesus. Like do we need that? No. That's where you say no. No. If you do. Wow. No, because you all are equipped to tell about the gospel of Jesus, to tell people like, hey, you might be having a really bad day, but hey, I have something that can make it better, and his name's Jesus. Like, we all have this ability. It's not just the leadership here in the church. It's all of you guys. So I think that is a great point of looking at Bezalel and Oleb of just knowing that God didn't stop there. Even today, he's calling us. He's saying, hey, I've planted this special ability in you to do things bigger and better and greater for the kingdom. So by this time, we get to Exodus 40, and Moses has shown how the Israelites took God's instructions about building the tabernacle and followed them to the letter. Remember, they did everything the exact way that they should. They didn't say, oh, I have a better idea. 
let's do it my way, that didn't happen. Every single thing that was done was done exactly how God had said. So now with the tabernacle completed and successfully inspected by Moses, the people who desired God's presence more than anything watched as his glory descended on the tabernacle. That's an awesome picture. Like, can you guys picture that? Like, just imagine, like, this cloud coming down and just falling on the tabernacle. That would be really cool. Like, could you imagine, like, if there was a cloud above SMZC? Like, people would be like, oh, there's this weird thing. What is going on? Why, why is this cloud? And then at night, it's, like, turns into fire, and it's just hovering. Like, it's kind of crazy. But that's what God had done. So in Exodus 40, 34 through 30, it says, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they would not set out till the day that it was. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. So remember, it's in the middle of camp. So everybody could see this, right? Not just like the close people, everybody. So God's glory filled the tabernacle, and it demonstrates two important truths to the Israelites. One, God is far too glorious to be contained by a tent. And we know this, right? I mean, God created what? Everything. That is the point. <laughs> he created everything. So taking this God who created everything and he's everywhere and trying to stuff him into this little tent, it's like seeing one of those really big cats trying to get into an itty-bitty box. It's not going to work. So he's far too glorious to be contained by tent, and he's still near to his people. So the greatness of God's creation and his commands remind us just how amazing he is and the grace that he has shown us. Because this whole story, there's a lot of grace. Like, he wants to be with this people group. These are his people. People that have been kind of mean and don't really deserve that goodness. But God shows his grace. And this was the message of the tabernacle. God's glory filled it. And for a time, no one, not even Moses, could enter it. But the glory of the people that they were seeing, not their glory, the glory the people were seeing, was just a fraction designed to stir their hearts, to move them to understand the bigger picture that God is there and that he's greater than they could ever conceive. That's pretty cool. Like, I'm a visual person, and so when I think of that, I'm just like, that would have been so amazing to see this. And so we, here we have this tabernacle where the presence of God is dwelling. But could anybody just approach it? They're like, oh, hey, I want to go talk to God today, so I'm going to the tabernacle. Could they do that? No. They, they actually, they, they couldn't at all. In fact, if they wanted to go to the tabernacle, they had to have access by a high priest. So they had to go find the high priest and go then. But they couldn't go every day. You think they could go like once a week? You think they could go once a week? Because you're like, it's like church. We go once a week. 
No, they could only enter God's presence one day of the year to make atonement for their sins. It's like going to church one day of the year. And adults, if you're like, oh, that'd be great, shame on you. Like, I read your minds. But that's crazy. Like, think about it. Say it's like March 2nd, and you have sinned, and you know it, and you're like, I need to go to the tabernacle. Like, I need to repent. But you're like, oh, I can't go until, like, October. That's crazy. Like, to think about that and to think how God set that up, but he had even a bigger picture in mind. So that wouldn't have to be the same thing year after year after year. The Israelites, that's what they needed for that time. That was, that was their anchor in the wilderness. But ultimately, God had a bigger plan than the tabernacle. What do you think his plan was? Yes! Give them a point. It was Jesus. He had this plan to fulfill this miracle through Jesus, the Son of God, who would take on flesh, and ultimately he would tabernacle with us. He would dwell with us. And I just think that's so, so great that we don't have to go and do this whole tabernacle ritual. Because for one, I don't think I could have taken the sacrifices, like with the animals and the blood, like, oh. Like, thank you, Jesus, we don't have to do that anymore. But now he's like, I have this bigger plan. And he sent Jesus. And what did Jesus do for us? What did he do? Yeah, he died for us on the cross so that we could be with him. We could come into relationship with him. And all we have to do is like one simple thing. What do we have to do to have a relationship with Jesus? Pray. Do we pray like, thank you, Lord, for this day. It's beautiful. What do we pray? You are right. We pray something specific. Back in the back, everyone's pointing. Is that Aiden? Yes. What do we have to pray to have Jesus? Yes. Yes. So that's how we have Jesus come and tabernacle with us, to dwell with us, is we pray and ask him to forgive us of our sins and to come into our hearts so that we can have relationship with him. And from there, that's where our relationship grows. It deepens. We begin to trust in him and obey him more so that if he did call us to do something crazy like build the tabernacle, we would actually obey and not be like, oh, not so much. So in John's vision in Revelation 21, we read that God's dwelling will one day be with humanity forever. The God who has made us for himself will live with us in the fullness of his glory because we will no longer wrestle against sin. No longer will we struggle to obey, which every parent says amen. And God will be with us and we will have been changed completely from the inside out. Y'all, that's great news. Like, that's something to be excited about. And honestly, when I first saw that this was the lesson I was going to be teaching, guys, I was not excited. In fact, I think I even told Stacy, like, of all the lessons, this one's just not exciting. Like, I, I can't do crazy things with it. Like, it's just about a tabernacle. Like, boring. I thought this is true. But then as I started digging into it and seeing how much... Revelation comes from this tabernacle 
and God showing how much he loves his people and how much he still loves his people and wants to be with us and dwell with us, I was like, I changed my mind. This is actually a great story. And a lot of times I think it's really easy to be reading through the Bible and be like, ooh, skipping over this section because that is a boring story. Like, it's easy. Anybody do that? Like, besides me, it, it's okay. Like, like, it happens. But I go back and I read it. So kids, don't do as I said. Read the stories. Because honestly, God did some amazing things here. And without this, we wouldn't see his glory falling. We wouldn't see this picture of how much he wants to be with us. Thank you for listening to the SMCC Sermon Podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at smcchurch.net. That's smcchurch.net.